Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, Promising Practices for Meeting the Needs of Dually Eligible Older Adults with Schizophrenia. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on November 6, 2018. In this podcast, Nyla Azar, Assistant Professor of Psychiatry and Supervising Attending at the University of Connecticut School of Medicine, provides an overview of working with older adults with schizophrenia and implications for providers. Greeting to all participants and to everyone who is listening. Could I have first slide, please? So first slide uh, presents data, prevalence data. While 3.6% of all individuals um, are 65 or older, and this number might seem lower to you, but put this in perspective of world that's aging, uh, World population is aging and demographics are changing. World's older population is growing at an unprecedented rate of 8.5%, and this percentage is projected to jump to nearly 17% by 2050. So while 3.6% of individuals with schizophrenia are 65 and older, this number is expected to increase. The table on this slide gives you a breakdown of behavioral health conditions among duly eligible adults and compares it with Medicare-only beneficiaries. As you can see, the rate of schizophrenia and psychotic disorders among persons who are duly eligible for Medicare and Medicaid is 7%. And if you compare it with uh, Patients who are only Medicare beneficiaries, this rate is 1%. And this has implications on resource allocation. Next slide, please. This slide focuses on signs and symptoms of schizophrenia. Schizophrenia is a syndrome, which means it's a cluster of signs and symptoms. Recognizing multiple dimensions of this disorder and associated impaired occupational and social functioning is key to identifying patients who suffer from this disease and key to be able to help them. Signs and symptoms of schizophrenia are generally grouped into several dimensions, and these are positive, negative, disorganized, and cognitive dimensions. Positive dimension, it basically means that presence of something that's normally not present in a normal uh, population. For example, seeing things which are not there, or hearing uh, voices that are not there, or fixed false beliefs, so auditory hallucinations, visual hallucinations, and delusions. Negative dimension is uh, absence of um, something that's normally present, and this includes uh, spontaneity in speech and emotional responsiveness. When human beings talk to each other, there's a change in their voice of their tone depending upon the emotional content of the conversation. And you can also see a change in their affect. And in patients with schizophrenia, uh, you sometimes see flattening of the affect is a term that's mostly used. So they have uh, monotonous speech and they have lack of emotional responsiveness. This organization basically uh, is uh, displayed as a person's behavior or his speech. So disorganized behavior um, 
can show up as people who are not dressed up appropriately. They might be stripping their clothes. They might be randomly urinating or defecating on the floor. And their speech might also be disorganized, which means that they might be losing train of thought while they are having a conversation, or they might be jumping from one topic to another topic, or it might include unnecessary irrelevant details into the conversation. Psychomotor immobility would manifest as uh, almost like inability to move. People might be sitting at the same spot, sharing the space for a long time. Cognitive dimension uh, is an important dimension because uh, it means that people would have difficulty understanding instructions, they would have problems with working memory, and in terms of attention. These are general symptoms, right? So how are these symptoms um, reflected in older patient population? So as people grow older, positive symptoms and disorganized symptoms, uh, they improve. So there would be less uh, auditory hallucinations and less disorganization, like people not dressing up properly. But they would have more negative symptoms, which would include loss of interest, problems with verbal expression, problems with uh, apathy. And there might also be some soft neurological sign, which can impair uh, their motor functions. And there is like a cognitive decline uh, in uh, older patients with schizophrenia. So positive symptoms get better, but negative symptoms and cognitive symptoms, which are highly correlated to functioning and quality of life, get worse. And next slide, please. So next slide basically um, emphasizes the point that schizophrenia is like a chronic disease model and like diabetes or any other chronic disease. So most of people uh, would have um, comparative stability with some residual symptoms, but it would be interrupted by uh, psychotic symptoms which might uh, need inpatient hospitalization. So uh, stress, poor diet, uh, non-adherence to medication, or other medical problems can cause this decompensation. Uh, next slide, please. This slide captures um, early onset schizophrenia and compares it with the uh, late onset and very late onset uh, schizophrenia. Typical presentation of schizophrenia starts at an early age of uh, um, 17 or 18 years. And these people uh, would have like disorganization and uh, would have uh, problems with uh, speech and uh, their um, behaviors. And uh, in comparison, people who have uh, late onset schizophrenia have better pre-morbid functioning, which means they were relatively doing okay before the disease started. So their um, expression of emotions might be better and uh, their social functioning might be better. Now compare this with very late onset schizophrenia like psychosis, which means that uh, age of onset after 60 years. These people mostly have uh, marked delusions which are very distressing for these patients. They typically describe um, uh, these uh, beliefs and uh, which are persecutory in nature. People might think that other people are after them, they are trying to poison them, 
Uh, they have difficulty trusting other people, which includes their family members and uh, healthcare providers. You can see partition delusion mentioned over here. Partition delusion means that they have these beliefs that structures that normally act as barriers to protect them and barriers against movement, sight, and sound, like walls, floors, and ceilings, and doors, they are permeable. And uh, they believe that other people can see them, they can steal, uh, see their, uh, steal their stuff, they can harm them, and they can even sexually assault them. Uh, next slide, please. Next, two slides talk about uh, unique characteristics of older patients uh, with schizophrenia. As people grow older, we said that um, the psychotic symptoms improve. Most of the hospitalizations in older people with schizophrenia are not because of psychotic symptoms, but they might be because of the physical problems that they are experiencing because of the medication side effects or because of the cognitive problems. So there's a greater risk of most side effects of antipsychotic medication in older uh, people, and there are more meta movement disorders as well in older people. And we can talk a little bit more in the question and answer session about this. So older people uh, with schizophrenia have uh, more hospitalizations because of physical issues, and they are more sensitive to side effects of medications, and uh, they have more cognitive problems. Next slide, please. Another unique characteristic of older uh, patient population is that uh, cognitive issues. And it's extremely important to be able to differentiate between a person who has uh, cognitive problems, either because of the side effects of the medication or uh, because of depression or just because of the progression of the disease, from those patients who are developing, schizo uh, sorry, uh, developing Alzheimer dementia, right? So uh, what is the difference? The difference is that uh, people who are developing uh, dementia, their cognitive loss is very progressive and is very, there's a sharp decline. And if you are suspecting that a person might be developing dementia, it's important to be able to refer the person for a neuropsychological testing. Uh, next slide, please. Next two slides uh, focus on specific challenges that one might face while you're treating and caring for older adults with schizophrenia. And uh, these people tend to have more complex needs. So these patients have uh, comorbid medical problems. There will be problems in their uh, mobility. And uh, these patients, we just mentioned that they have more delusional thinking and paranoia, difficulty trusting uh, their providers, and they have not only difficulty trusting them, but they have uh, cognitive problems. It means they have difficulty understanding the interactions with their teams. And uh, there might be physical uh, side effects of the medications that they're taking. These people are more prone to develop these side effects. For example, orthostatic hypotension, which means that their blood pressure falls uh, when they stand. Uh, they might be feeling dizzy. So there may be fall risk and other risk uh, of uh, uh, psychotropic medication. And uh, just because of uh, chronic nature of this disease, uh, there will be more social, these patients would be more socially isolated, their spouse might have died, and there's also caregiver burnout because it's a chronic condition. They might have adult children who have left the house or this 
spouse might be getting older and not able to take care of uh, these older adults. So these problems are specific in older adults with schizophrenia, and we need to keep in mind a plan how to take care of um, this, um, these issues while we are treating patients, uh, older patients with schizophrenia. Um, in addition, older patients might underreport um, uh, some of the symptoms. Uh, I can go into detail in question and answer session, but these uh, people have a high tolerance to pain and they have uh, cognitive problems. And uh, the care, healthcare system is also fragmented. What does that mean? That means that, uh, you know, they might be getting a neuropsychiatric care somewhere else. Uh, medical care might be provided at another spot, and case management and care coordination teams are not as integrated as uh, we need them to be. Last. But not least, and very important, and I have seen uh, this multiple times in my experience, is that there's a bias against people, uh, kind of um, even among uh, physicians. There's an attitude uh, problem. So people are not seen as patients. They are sometimes seen as uh, um, schizophrenia patients. So it's extremely important to be able to do a thorough assessment of these patients and identify what are some of the comorbid uh, medical issues um, and uh, be able to do a thorough physical examination in an older patient. It can help uh, narrow down differential diagnosis. And sometimes uh, some of uh, very critical uh, issues can just be um, missed uh, because a patient is agitated and you don't want to do a thorough physical exam on them. So you can uh, give some medication to the patient and do a thorough medical examination uh, for these patients. So let's move to the next slide, please. So next six slides focus on complicating factors and comorbid medical conditions. These factors and comorbid medical conditions are either specific to older patients with schizophrenia or they're more prevalent in this patient population. And as a treatment provider, as a team member, it's important to be able to identify these uh, comorbid conditions and to be able to screen for these uh, uh, problems. So. Uh, what are some of these problems? Uh, obesity is more common, uh, diabetes is more common, hyperlipidemia, coronary artery disease, um, um, myocardial infarction, mobility-related problems, which includes joint degenerative diseases like osteoarthritis. They are uh, more common in this patient population. They might also have cataracts, uh, and long-term smoking can cause uh, other medical issues as well. We are going to focus uh, on metabolic syndrome, depression, and substance, substance use disorders in next a few slides because these are very important and they can um, impair functioning of the patient and they can cause problems uh, with treatment for uh, these patients. So let's focus on, um, this is uh, slide 19, let's focus on metabolic syndrome. 
Metabolic syndrome is a cluster of uh, conditions which includes increased blood pressure, high blood sugar, excess body weight around the waist, abnormal cholesterol, and triglyceride level. And uh, these uh, patients, older patients, uh, are already at a higher cardio uh, metabolic risk for developing myocardial infarction and other related disorders. So it's extremely important to be able to use a screening tool to identify high-risk older adults and be able to modify modifiable risk factors. In my clinic, I have a screen that I use. Um, I collect information at the baseline and then at regular intervals. It's extremely important uh, to be able to monitor cardiometabolic factors um, using a screen uh, at baseline and at regular intervals to reduce the cardiac risk for these patients. Another important thing is that um, it's the responsibility of the psychiatrist to regularly update medical history because new medical problems might start. And just because of the integrity, uh, just because our systems, our healthcare system is not integrated, there might be problem with communication. So it's extremely important to periodically update uh, medical history and all the medical um, problems that the patient is having, and also update current medications, which might be interacting with the medications that the patient is uh, getting. Could I have next slide, please? Another important complicating factor, um, comorbid condition, which is unique to this patient population, is depression. Depressive symptoms um, are more common in patients in um, uh, duly diagnosed, um, uh, in patients who are duly eligible, and they experience depressive symptoms, which can take the form of subclinical uh, depression or schizoaffective disorder or major depressive disorder. And it's extremely important to have a screening tool to screen for depressive symptoms in these patient population. Commonly used very easy screening tool is PHQ-2. And uh, it's available. Um, and um, a score of three points or more on PHQ2 has a sensitivity of 83% and a specificity of 92% uh, to find a major depressive episode. Depressive symptoms among older adults with schizophrenia contribute to great admissions and um, increased number of hospital days, which increase the cost of treatment and also cause uh, distress for the patient and their families. It's very important to not only routinely screen for depressive symptoms, but also screen for suicide risk, as this risk remains higher in older adults with schizophrenia uh, because they might be having command auditory hallucinations. And it's important to be able to identify that risk and to be able to change medications accordingly. Could I have next uh, slide, please? Another important complicating factor um, and a comorbid condition is substance use uh, disorder. Prevalence of substance use uh, condition among persons with schizophrenia is significantly higher than uh, general population. Although overall substance use becomes less common, 
as older adults with schizophrenia age, which means that uh, uh, some substances like cocaine um, might be less uh, frequent in this patient population. However, tobacco use and alcohol use remains very high. It's extremely important to come up or uh, to choose a screen that's very sensitive and specific to screen for substance use disorders in this patient population. There are two screens that I wanted to talk about. One of them is Audit C. It basically is uh, three very easy questions. And the uh, options are 0, 1, 2, 3, 4. This is a very good screen, and research has shown that it's very effective in, this, um, in screening for alcohol use in this patient population. There is another screen, which is short Michigan alcoholism screening test. The advantage, and uh, there's a geriatric version, which has 10 questions. The advantage of using um, the screen is that it has 10 questions, but the answers are yes and no. So it's very important to be able to screen um, patients um, with uh, schizophrenia, older patients with schizophrenia uh, for alcohol and uh, tobacco use disorders. Why is it important? It's important because you are, it uh, can complicate treatment. Also, some of extrapyramidal symptoms, which are tremors, dystonia, um, akathisia, which is inner restlessness, they are more, and also Parkinson-type symptoms, uh, they are more prominent in people who have comorbid substance use disorder. And older adults already are particularly vulnerable to side effects of these uh, of antipsychotic medications, and if they also have substance use disorder, these very distressing symptoms can become a problem. And likelihood of reversing these potentially debilitating symptoms uh, diminishes with age. Could I have next slide, please? So, um, how do we screen and manage um, substance use disorder? Um, an evidence-based um, intervention is um, brief inter screening, brief intervention, referral for uh, treatment. Brief intervention consists of uh, screening followed by one to five sessions of advice, education, and motivational interviewing. It has shown a lot of evidence in reducing um, alcohol-related problems in older adults. And um, the intervention can be delivered in a medical setting or in older adult homes or in other um, aging service sites. Some of the other programs that can help is intensive outpatient program. You have to understand this older patient population um, has their own specific needs. So the recommendations that you are making uh, should be tailored to meet their personality and their needs. Um, nicotine use is very common in older adults. It's extremely important to explain it to the patient that uh, there's an interaction between smoking and uh, metabolism of antipsychotic medications. And uh, two medications, clozapine and olanzapine, increase metabolism, um, are, have increased metabolism if you're smoking and you might need a higher dose of these medications. It's very common to see that uh, people 
are asymptomatic when they are discharged, they start smoking, and uh, some of the symptoms come back. So it's extremely important to explain that uh, to the patient. Could I have next slide, please? Next slide uh, is an awesome checklist. Um, in our busy practices, it's important to use this checklist to be able to systematically review current medical problems and uh, to be able to complete assessment of for these comorbid medical uh, issues. This um, next slide tells you gives you a checklist and tells you a way how to access this checklist. Could I have next slide, please, uh, on antipsychotic medication? So, antipsychotic medications. Um, in terms of treating patients with antipsychotic medications, more is not good. People, patients, um, as they grow older, their body's ability to handle medications is diminished. There are changes in the permeability of blood-brain barrier. There are changes in receptors and uh, changes in receptor occupancy, which makes older people more vulnerable to the side effects of these medications. It's extremely important to start with the lowest possible therapeutic dose and uh, in some patients you might actually be able to um, stop the medication as well. So incrementally review the need of antipsychotic medication and consider reducing the dose. Some patients are on anticholinergic medication. These medications are used to treat side effects of antipsychotic medications. And older patients, these uh, anticholinergic medication can cause a lot of problems. It can cause constipation. It can cause blurred vision. It can cause um, memory issues. So it's, uh, if it's possible, you should try stopping anticholinergic medication. So in summary, uh, it's better to use lower doses of medication, start with the lowest possible uh, dose, and they use an incremental uh, dosage decrease, and uh, try using second-generation antipsychotics as compared to first-generation antipsychotics. Uh, could I have next slide, please? Because these uh, antipsychotic medications have um, cardiometabolic side effects, it's important to monitor uh, these side effects by using, uh, by using uh, an instrument. Uh, like you can have uh, an assessment at the baseline and then regular screening for um, blood pressure, body weight, and uh, glycemic control to see that these people are, these patients are not having uh, metabolic side effects. Fall risk is an important thing that needs to be monitored because these medications can cause orthostatic hypotension and they can cause falls, which can lead to long hospital days and a lot of distress for the patients. Um, 
So have to keep patient on fall risk precautions. It's important to have uh, some parameters, which means that hold medication if blood pressure falls below 90 or 65 or if the patient is dizzy. So the, it's very important to have these parameters and to be able to communicate it to the team taking care of the patient. Mobility um, can be affected by these medications as well. It's important to have a physical therapist um, regularly assessing the patient, especially making an assessment before a patient is discharged from um, the hospital. So uh, could I have next slide, please? It's important to uh, understand when you're making a treatment plan for the patient that uh, although the need for medication is reduced, uh, there is improved um, outcome by using psychosocial um, interventions. Goal of these treatment uh, intervention is to improve functioning, to improve living, learning, working, and socializing of the patient. Uh, because these older patients uh, tend to be more um, socially isolative and they have cognitive issues and problems with uh, skills. So cognitive behavioral social skills training has shown to be very effective in improving uh, community functioning um, and giving hope to these uh, people. Another very effective um, psychosocial intervention is functional adaptation skills training. Intervention is for individuals above 40. And uh, next slide gives you details uh, of um, components of uh, functional adaptation skills. So it has several components, um, medication management, um, social skills, communication skills, organization and planning, transportation, and uh, financial uh, management. So this is very specific, focuses on specific skills that are um, problem areas in this older patient population. Uh, so they are very, it is a very targeted and is shown to be very effective in improving quality of life and improving outcome for um, uh, older patients uh, with the schizophrenia. Some other psycho, uh, could I have next slide please? Some other psychosocial non-medication treatment intervention in older patients with schizophrenia are um, support and psychoeducation for caregivers. So caregivers have a very important role in terms of um, uh, outcomes, uh, disease outcomes. Uh, caregiver stress is very common, and uh, there are several programs uh, that help caregivers deal with the caregiver distress. They work with them to assess their needs, their specific problems, and they also help uh, the caregivers um, kind of um, have additional help in, so that they can have some um, break and uh, they can focus on um, uh, regaining their strength. Many middle-aged and uh, older people are interested in volunteering. However, there are uh, few vocational rehabilitation programs. 
Some older people can be involved in an organized manner in different phases of such programs at a pace and at a time that is appropriate for their needs. It would include uh, at least three steps, which is uh, step one would be initial assessment for person's job skills and uh, help a collaborative process to help with the job search and time unlimited follow-up uh, to support these patients um, while they're working on the work side. Could I have next slide, uh, please? Next slide is a summary slide that captures tips for treating older adults with schizophrenia. And the take-home message is that when it comes to medication, use the lowest dose of antipsychotic medication that's possible. Use second-generation antipsychotics rather than first-generation antipsychotics. Adjust medications if needed during hospitalization to reduce the fall risk. Monitor for physical impact of psychotropic medications, especially monitor for metabolic syndrome. Um, in terms of uh, care delivery, psychiatrists should keep medical history and medications up to date and coordinate with a primary care physician or the geriatric clinic. And uh, it's extremely important to understand that uh, there are specific uh, presentation in uh, comorbid problems in these patients, and they have many medical problems. And it's important that, uh, that we take a very careful approach and uh, avoid overlooking medical problems that might be contributing to the presentation, uh, clinical presentation in older patients uh, with schizophrenia. Also use targeted screens to assess for comorbid uh, condition. We spoke about screens for substance use disorder, ORIC-C, and for depression, PHQ-2. Also assess for suicide risk. And uh, use ample instructions, use ample instructions and use repetition to ensure understanding because older people have cognitive issues, they have difficulty understanding instructions, so use simple instructions and use repetition. Uh, also make appropriate uh, referrals. Uh, we mentioned um, dementia, which is um, sometimes um, seen in patients uh, with schizophrenia, so it's important to screen for cognitive problems and refer the patient for neuropsych testing if you are suspecting uh, that a person, a patient might be Having dementia, make referrals to prevent social isolation and support social skill development, use psychosocial interventions to improve social functioning, and extremely important, watch for caregiver burnout and link them to resources that are available to support them. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare and Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes the full range of covered services in both programs.
to support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated and coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.